We need that missing toad link. Welcome to season six, where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Love me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how the DT exclamation point writers have joined the WGA on the picket line, so there is no joke here. No joke. And that's our episode. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Get ready for 50 minutes of dead air. At the time of recording, the Hollywood writer's strike has been going for 124 days with, again, at Ooh. the time of recording, Jesus. no real signs of slowing down. The SAG after strike is a few days behind that count, and the last major news update was that the AMTPA was being an asshole. We've made it nice and clear in previous episodes that all jokes and bits aside, all of us nerds are in support of these strikes and pro workers rights in general. But it's also worth noting that we have derived a non-zero amount of our content from the products of not only the creative striking, but also the evil capitalist ghouls who are sucking these creatives dry. So, even though our silly little podcast doesn't fall under any sort of union guidance, I decided that it would make me feel better if we did a union episode in solidarity with those on the picket lines. It's so, also Labor Day weekend. Labor Day it is. Weekend. We're recording on Labor Day it's weekend. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, gird your loins. It's a mad episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go, kids. So, without further ado, I present to you this bit <laughs> wow we here in the dt exclamation point hq legal unit have been contacted by the folks at the national labor relations board to review some new petitions for union election why is the nlrb asking for our help with these petitions well, it's because they've all come from video game characters who are looking to form their own union organizations. Do you think God himself is afraid of the creations that he's made? <laughs> Much like season seven of Lost, we are going off the rails. And they know that we here at DT Exclamation Point HQ are the experts in both video game PR and video game marketing and also probably video game unionization. Those are all three the same thing. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Definitely. It's the same department. Yeah. Today, I've invited professional mitigators, Todd, call off your old tired ethics, Thomas, Andrew, the worshipful company of Scriveners Henderson, and Kyle, the Society for the Prevention of Calling Sleeping Car Porters George Harper to give me the rundown <laughs> on the groups they are representing and help us determine what group of video game characters should be the next to unionize. Are these all unions? Union names? Yes. Ooh. But there's more to this. There is. 
These have to be like old timey unions. Right. So two of these unions are active and exist today. Okay. One of them is more modern than the other two. The oldest of the three is the worshipful company of Scriveners and is still <laughs> the active adjudicating union of notaries in the UK. Neat. Is that what a Scrivener is? A, a that notary? is, according to tvtropes.org, what a Scrivener is, yes. Cool. That's where I go for my definitions of words, <laughs> tvtropes.com. <laughs> Well, .org, Kyle, they're a nonprofit. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Call Off Your Old Tired Ethics is better known as Coyote. It's actually the American Union of Sex Workers. Oh. And then the one I think with the most interesting and also least surprising history is the Society for the Prevention of Calling Sleeping Car Porters George, founded in 1914, by black sleeping car porters on trains who were tired of white passengers calling them all George. Oh. Huh. Yeah. What a specifically racist thing. <laughs> what a specifically racist thing. Yeah, you can look that up on your own time, but it's real, according, once again, to tvtropes.org. <laughs> okay, anyway, back to my unions bit. Guys, what group of video game characters should be the next to unionize? Now, to reference another website, Workcenter.gov defines a union <laughs> as a group of two or more employees who join together to advance common interests such as wages, benefits, schedules, and other employment terms and conditions. So I need you to define the two groups who will be entering into this collective bargaining agreement. Who are the employees and who are they employed by? And, of course, what sort of common interests will they rally behind? Todd, let's start with you. So many would look at the far-off planet of Tay and see it only for its gaseous clouds, hmm. its rocky surface, and, of course, its unyielding temperatures. But if you look close enough, you'll find a peaceful race known as the Let Golo. So let me describe this to let, you. Let Golo? Let Golo. Let, let, it go, go let, it go let it go low. Let it go low. Let it go low. Is it that? That's the app that you can sell things for cheap on, right? <laughs> you let it go low. You only let it go low once. <laughs> like all the young kids are saying, let, let go low. These small, worm-like creatures known as let go low truly wanted nothing more than to just be left alone and, and have this simple little wormy society. Now, however, these beings, they were forced to take action and then they had to fuse together to create towering monsters known as Megalek Golo, and they had to fend off invaders to their planets. Now, you may be asking, like, why does all this matter right now? I am. Religious zealots invaded that planet known as the Sangheili, and they ultimately forced these groups of Megalek Golo to join their war across the stars. This all makes a lot more sense if I tell you that Sangheili are elites from Halo, uh. and the Megalek Golo are the hunters. Those hulking monstrous beasts with uh, with laser cannon guns and shields. So hunters have long been held down and used as the muscle in the Covenant's perverse holy war. And you know what? Now's the time. Now's the time that they're going to use their wormy bodies to fight for things like reduced hours, longer breaks, and also to not have to serve in a holy space war, I suppose, as well. <laughs> And, and again, like this, this deal that they entered into, 
they were given very little more than just cool armor and space guns as part of the, quote, agreement to join this fight. And uh, the elites in the Covenant put them in a bad deal. And it's long overdue that we revisit that deal. You're telling me the Hunters are a bunch of, like, Voltron worms? Yeah, that's he's Kyle Harper, my good friend. I am 100% telling you. <laughs> he's out of line, the, but he's right. <laughs> that the hunters are thousands of just earthworms that when they fuse together become sentient and work together and they do Voltron themselves into those death machine pieces of armor that they fight the master chief. Isn't in. that why you got to shoot them in the back? That's why you, you got to their... shoot them in their in their yeah. little sloppy worm parts. Are they not sentient until they fuse together? They grow more sentient the more of them fuse together. Okay, okay. They are legion. They are let it go. Let, let, it, let, let it go it, low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let it go low. Um, wow, okay. I thought that my opening bit would be the only book report I heard today, but now I feel as though <laughs> I have heard a book Matt, report. I have terrible news. <laughs> In this report, I will. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Webster's Dictionary defines <laughs> let go low as squirmy worm boys. Yeah. So we have the Squirmy Worm Boys from the Xbox game you didn't know had a campaign. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what group have you brought to the unionization table today? Sure, Matt. Well, the world of Azeroth, as made famous by World of Warcraft and before it, Warcraft, is filled with a rich tapestry of peoples and cultures. From the traditional human kingdoms to the night elf communes to the Orcish Horde Republic... The various empires of the Eastern Kingdom and the lands of Kalimdor weave a rich tapestry of civilization. Oh, like in Hearthstone. Like in Hearthstone. (laughs) Exactly, like in Hearthstone. Thank you. Like in Defense of the Ancients. And just like Defense of the Ancients, none of it would be possible without the tireless efforts of the worker unit class. Azeroth, as we know today, was built on the backs of the human peasants, the orcish peons, the undead acolytes, and the night elf wisps. Without their, often literal, sacrifice, Thrall and his orc rebellion would never have been able to flee Lordaeron, the undead would still be ransacking mud huts, and the night elves would have been melted down by the Burning Legion. Also, Arthas would not have been able to gain power and become the Death Knight, and also reanimate the liches, leading to the (laughs) undead taking over, but that's fine. Either way, we don't have Azeroth without its worker unit class. And Matt, I tell you, it's time that work, work, work turned into jobs done. (laughs) (laughs) I get your reference. And it's so specific and stupid. Wow. Okay. (laughs) When did Warcraft 3 come out, Andrew? Like 2001. Yeah, like forever ago. Pre 9-11 or post 9-11? it might be pre 9/11. Intra. <laughs> Intra. <laughs> <Came> on 9/11. <laughs> During. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So, we've got the the squirmy worm boys from Halo. We've got the working class from it was Hearthstone? Warcraft 3. From Hearthstone. From Defense of the Agents. And Dota 2. Heroes of the Storm. Great. Well, Dota 2. No, 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 specifically Dota 1. Dota 2 is not. Demonstrably not. (laughs) Yeah, everyone (laughs) ignores that even happened. All right. Well, Kyle, what group have you brought today to present their case for unionization? Matt, I am here to represent the Goombas. Uh, We all know the Goombas. (laughs) They're the first enemies you encounter in most Mario games. The adorable little foot soldiers for the Koopa Kingdom as Bowser attempts to overthrow the Mushroom Kingdom. 
and marry its queen, I guess. Princess Peach. <laughs> but have you ever wondered, Matt, why these cute little mushroom people are not on the side of the mushroom kingdom, but helping to invade it? I have. What if I told you, Matt, that they weren't trying to invade, but reclaim their motherland? <laughs> why would this fungal race not be native to the mushroom kingdom? But the Goomba people understand that they have been ousted from their homeland for a long time. They don't went to reclaim their kingdom with more bloodshed. They just want to be accepted alongside their toad cousins and have some representation <laughs> in the princess's court. And that is why the Goombas have organized, and I am here today with their Goombas to represent them. <laughs> right, Kyle, are you, are you suggesting that the Goombas are a sort of third independent party faction in the Mario v. Bowser conflict? I mean, we can all see they aren't independent, but I would posit that they are living in some sort of apartheid state. Yes. <laughs> more like a, like a proletariat class. More yes. Like. They're, they're complex, Andrew. They have layers. I mean, sure. everyone, anyone who's played any Mario game that, that verges on an RPG aspect knows there's at least one <laughs> Goomba that will be a shopkeeper or a companion. Yeah. And one who wears a ball cap. They've always got a ball cap. There are a colony of Goombas that exist within Mushroom Kingdom peacefully, um, and they are kind of our flagship example of mm -hmm. these Goombas are here to cooperate, not uh, retaliate. <laughs> they live outside of the hive mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is it ever really explained? Like, they're, they're cousins of the Toads. Like, that's, that's, I think, canonical. Is that real? Is it ever really explained how that works? I'm pretty sure, like, they come from the same, like... I don't know. Like, They're both fungal in, yeah, in origin. Yeah. They have to share ancestry somehow, right? For sure. Yeah. Well, I know that the first uh, instruction manual <laughs> for the first Super Mario Brothers game has a weird amount of lore because that's also the one that talks about blocks being transformed right. toads. Yeah. So yeah. I'm certain that the genealogical line is drawn between toads and Goombas in some Nintendo canon document. I just don't know what it is. We need that missing toad link. <laughs> it's a toad with a wild underbite is all it is. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Kyle, I want to go back to something you said, which was a guiding example, and that's a great segue to my next question for the three of you. So, to again quote workcenter.gov, Workers can contact an established union for support and guidance, or they may seek to organize their own independent union. Now, there are a few unions that already exist in video games, notably the Mimic Union from Enter the Gungeon and the Union of Magical Girls from Hero Hours Contract. <laughs> famously. Yeah, famously. <laughs> I had to do so much Googling to find examples of Unions and video games. It yeah, took so much digging to find these. Anyway, wonder why that is. <laughs> oh, you mean the video games lore don't have unions everywhere? I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but yeah. So anyway, assuming none of you are talking about mimics or magical girls, what union will your workers be forming, or will they be joining some other existing video game union? Also, are there any IRL unions that your workers are taking inspiration from? Todd, what's up with the wormy little guys? Just to start with, a little known fact that we that we touched briefly on in the last question is that hunters are already kind of a union. 
And that is to say that each hunter, each 12 to 15 foot hulking monstrosity of armor is actually comprised of thousands of tiny worms and a big old swarm inside that armor. <laughs> so, I mean, they've already kind of tried to pull their power <laughs> to become something bigger, but they already have organized. <laughs> well, but the covenant have held them down. They've not let them fully realize what they can become. I have a really important question for you, Todd. Yeah. Knowing what I'd learned in researching unions for this episode, I know that managers can't join unions. And by a bunch of the little wormy let it goes coming together to form <laughs> the big hunters, does that make hunters managers and thus forth not able to join unions? No, because a hunter is just a name for the group of let golos. So, I mean, it, it would be like you've got a goose and together it makes geese Together, that is what, what's a group of geese called? Uh, uh, a gaggle? A, a gander. A gaggle. You wouldn't look at, what'd you say, Kyle? Gander's a, gander. a male goose. A gander's a, a male goose. goose. Is it a male goose? A gaggle's a group yeah. of geese. You wouldn't look at a gaggle, a grouping of geese, and be like, that's a manager. You'd be like, no, that's a, that's a gaggle. I don't really know mm. how you got me there with geese, but I think I'm with you. I think yeah. I'm on your side. Todd, is there, is the, on that same note, is there a manager worm that, calls the shots in same question in mm, yeah, a good question. mega logo no because they do they do in fact form a bit of a hive mind when they do connect like that so it, mm -hmm. it is kind of a like like andrew joked a, a legion for we are many okay. situation they're all in the same cloud yeah it's it's oogie boogie like i've seen nightmare before it's christmas oogie before, it is yeah. oogie boogie. but then we have like a thesis to ship like this like situation like is oogie boogie the manager or is iggy boogie literally just the sum of his parts Oogie Boogie is the sum of his parts because as okay. the bag contains all those worms, that is Oogie Boogie. Gotcha. If so, worms fall out and are replaced with other worms, it is still a hunter or in this case, we're talking about Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie is technically a co-op. Yeah. Oogie Boogie also is a manager of those three little demon kids. Yeah. But that's, yeah, but that's different. But we're now. getting lost. In yeah, the, we're, we're getting I would lost like to here. finish. I do so, want to <laughs> wait just real quick. I think yeah. Oogie Boogie I think Oogie Boogie is actually a wee work because the bag, <laughs> the bag is where all the bugs go. So I think Oogie Boogie is a wee Not work. Not everyone in a wee work works for the same company and no, goal, it's Matt. A, it's a co-op because all of the employees own the structure. Own a part of Oogie Boogie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it can't be a wee work because all of those worms don't have free access to coffee pods and have their shoes off in the office. So it's <laughs> you not don't know that. actually a wee work. Anyway, my answer... Like I said, each individual worm joins into a swarm to create what we know as a hunter, which this union they form is much like a lot of other unions and allows them to accomplish things that they would regularly never be able to do alone. Now, this is the correct time to formally recognize that worm swarm union and that union is called Swarm. That is capital S-W-A-R-M. And that stands for Slimy Workers Amalgamating to Reclaim Management. Great. And that is the union that they will be forming today. The power of each worm is but a puzzle piece to create a murder machine known as a hunter. But more importantly, each worm, each puzzle piece, forms a more powerful member of this amassing swarm. And swarm is all capitalized. And that will be on our banners that we will be carrying while we are on the picket line. God, man, I love a good acronym. I love a good acronym <laughs> so much. Right? Swarm is really good. All right, wow. Points to you, Todd. Uh, I like that a lot. 
Andrew, tell me more about the organization of the workers of Azeroth. Sure. So workers from among the Eastern Alliance and the Western Horde have come together for the first time and are joining hands across the maelstrom to demand representation against the fatted kings and war chiefs that lead these groups. No matter how small or how green your skin, human, orc, dwarf, undead abomination, gnome, night elf, blood elf, dark elf, troll, panda man, all are represented <laughs> equally. It's waiting for the panda man. <laughs> as long as you are among the worker unit class, you are welcome. Together, we are the bargaining crusade. Wow. Bargaining crusade. <laughs> wow. Explain why it's funny. Because of uh, the, you know, the, the uh, critically, yeah, critically yeah. acclaimed, uh, critically acclaimed, what do you call it? Expansion. Expansion. Andrew, they're, they're Pandaren, one. Let's, yeah, let's Pandaman, not, yeah. not be racist here. <laughs> and two, are goblins excluded from this? Goblins more recently have been added as a playable class. In, well, uh, we're, we're using Warcraft 3 chronology. I just really wanted to mention Pandaman. Okay. <laughs> this is not based on science. But what I will say is together we will chop the heads of Azeroth's noble classes, legally speaking, <laughs> as we ask the question, something needs suing? <laughs> wow. I love that you're... I, <laughs> Listeners, before we started recording, Andrew said, this might just be for Todd. It's probably not for Kyle and Matt. And I am thoroughly appreciating this. It has also been for me because many of these sound bites okay. were, in fact, put into Hearthstone. In Hearthstone, yeah, sure, sure. We did it. The sound bites that originated from Hearthstone and then retroactively yeah. got put yes. in a game from 2002. Everyone's favorite 2002 RTS Hearthstone, yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad we all got there together. This is still not at all for me, but I do no. appreciate the work you're putting into it. Game recognizes game. Please continue. Truly a do. I really appreciate Bargaining Crusade. That's very good. I like that a lot. Kyle, talk to me about what you and this image that you put in the doc, who I assume is the Goomboss, that is have brought Goomboss, to the table yes. today. Goomboss and I are both here. And, I will um, remind you that Goomboss is definitely a manager and cannot be in the union. He looks he, like a monarch. Goomboss <laughs> is the union boss, Matt. He's the union Goomboss. That's, there are union heads. Yeah, that's true. Okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Don't insult my colleague here. Don't insult the Goomboss like that. Put some respect <laughs> in your chest. So, Matt, the recent defectors from the Koopa Kingdom army have teamed up with the peaceful settlement of Goombas within the Mushroom Kingdom already to form the Fungal Coalition of Workers. Oh, hell yeah. The Fungal Coalition of Workers is a lot like the Teamsters we have here in the United States. They help negotiate for a large coalition of blue-collar Goombas across many different <laughs> uh, fields of employment and occupation. Uh, wherever tough, necessary work needs to happen, the Fungal Coalition of Workers, or FCW, will be there to make sure their fungal comrades are offered fair pay, protected work from interloping plumbers, for example, and safe working conditions. This feels like friendly fire on another union is what that feels like. The pipe fitters are going to have something to say. No lava or spikes and the proper PPE provided when lava or spike work is necessary. If the Goomba are teamsters, <laughs> is Goomboss Jimmy Hoffa? Goomboss 
isn't not Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> Where is Goombas buried? <laughs> oh my God. Is Goombas under the 50 yard line at Dodger Stadium? This is incredible. Wow. No, that's Goompapa is Jimmy Hoffa, and he is, and he, his murder has still um, not been solved. It is a cold case. Oh, well. Shit. I love it when they call me Goompapa. <laughs> well, there's our title. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Okay, all right, back to the bit. You addressed some of your labor issues in question one and question two, but now that I have been formally introduced to Swarm, the Bargaining Crusade, and the FCW, I want to hear what your union will really be fighting for. What are your workers' requests for their employer as they come to the bargaining tables? Todd. Yeah, these are easy. They just have three simple demands. Demand number one, that they no longer have to fight in holy space wars not of their own choosing. Instead, they now get equal voting rights on any future space wars. So that is uh, number one. <laughs> Thing number two that they need is just like more time to be silly little slime boys and wiggle in the dirt a bit. They just don't get enough time just to like be worms doing worm things. It's always it's always getting there's the a armor. deficit on slime time. Yeah, it's always just getting the armor and and fight Jonathan Haloman one one seven. And they just need some time to be slimy little worm boys. And then the third thing that they do ask is that they do get to keep the existing dope armor, but they also get to weigh in on any future worm-holding armor technology decisions. So it's important that can include but is not limited to uh, becoming a big boat, um, uh, turning into a, uh, a trebuchet. Um, they also wanted a, a, a stipulation here. They want to be able to become many smaller things that then those many smaller things combine into even bigger things. Kind of like Kyle said, a Voltron situation, but quite literally Voltron. They want to have the opportunity to do a Voltron inside a Voltron, like a Russian nesting doll situation. That's important to them. You open up that big Voltron to find another smaller Voltron. Other inside. smaller Voltrons that are being mm -hmm. powered by worms. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Wow. Oh, man. I, I didn't expect you to bring Become a Boat to the table. <laughs> yeah. I think that that is a reasonable thing to ask, but I... In my I, mind, when they're at the bargaining table having this conversation, it's actually them in their hunter, like, 15-foot-tall monstrosity, like, like get-up, but since it doesn't need the gun or the shield, it's got worm fingers that are intertwined. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, hunters don't really talk. They The more, like, worms that combine the let-golos that make the mega let-golo, they, like, can vibrate to emulate other, like, sounds and languages. So it's actually just, like, pointing, and then there's, like, a vibration hum, and you're like, oh, yes, they want to they be a boat? This, that uh, They want to be a boat. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, I'm very curious to see what the counter on Become a Boat is. <laughs> Andrew, what is the working class from Azeroth bringing to the table in this negotiation? Well, Matt, we, the representatives of the Bargaining Crusade, are requesting the following from the likes of the nobles, the chieftains, the priestesses, and the dreadlords. <clears throat> 
we request that the maximum amount of workers allowable inside of a gold mine be increased significantly from five. These gold mines are enormous <laughs> and labyrinthian. Also, they are most likely infinite, and we find it hard to believe that more than five workers at a time would risk any real production. Two, in addition to performing the excruciating tasks of mining gold and cutting down trees, our workers are expected to build residences and elaborate commercial properties without prior training, resources, or even any semblance of a blueprint. All we have to go on is a transparent outline of what the building might look like standing in its place. So we humbly ask that the ruling class spend some of the gold with which their pockets are lined to hire an architect and some general contractors to keep on retainer. Three, in the actual description of the orcish worker unit submitted by the orc chieftains, they literally describe the peons as the lowest station among the horde, inferior in all skills of worth. They equate us to, quote, dogs relegated to menial tasks such as harvesting lumber and mining gold, unquote, and state that we are, quote, downtrodden and forced to slave thanklessly to please our overseers, unquote. We would like to lodge a formal complaint that this is a super uncool thing to do. Four, <laughs> in the event of an emergency wherein our base is being demolished by a horde of supercharged wyverns or a gaggle of undead liches, not geese, we humbly request that the entire workforce not be immediately rerouted to defend our actual armies as literal fodder. These are supernatural beings with the power to summon lightning and animate ancient tree spirits. They do not need to be protected with rusty hand axes and pitchforks. Please continue to allow our units to work and keep aligning talent to task. Thank you. And finally, five, this feels a little bit narrow cast, but we are asking that the dreadlords and the death knights of the undead army please refrain from the use of sacrificial pits. There has to be a better way to recruit ghosts to spy on your enemies than to manufacture them through literal human sacrifice. And the lawyers at the bargaining crusade are ready to take up the issue with OSHA. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why bargaining crusade continues to be really good. Oh, it's so <laughs> good because it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I am a sucker for an OSHA joke. I'll always laugh <laughs> at an OSHA joke. Also, crazy to hear that the language has been in the official documents for so long. I'm sure that was written a long time ago, and nobody yeah. follows it now. We just need to change the language. We need to we need to update the, some of our language. Yeah, it's 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 important for the well being of our of our working class. Truly, yeah. All right, Kyle, what has the FCW brought to present? at the table today. Yes, Matt, thank you. The FCW, through their union Goombas, hope that Princess Peach and the Mushroom Kingdom will come to the table and offer them peace um, in the form of forgiveness of any crimes committed under the Koopa Kingdom flag. They were prisoners and slaves of that They were regime. just following they, orders, right? They were just following orders. <laughs> oh, boy! <laughs> they were prisoners and slaves of that regime. They were not willing participants. Uh, they would like equal citizenship to the Toads and voting rights and a seat on the Kingdom's Council. Um, and they would like reparations in the form of a little bit of land to start their new lives on. They would like the current colony of Goombas to be granted the the land they have built and improved upon and a parcel of additional land nearby that they feel both will be valuable to the Goombas but will not detract greatly from the workable land of the Mushroom Kingdom. In exchange for this, the Mushroom Kingdom will receive a dedicated and numerous workforce willing to take on the jobs the Toads are less equipped to handle, such as national defense, waste management, and construction. I am first shocked 
by how much Goombas have in common <laughs> with all of my friends' dads that I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely in support of Goombas handling things like waste management and construction because that means we get more Goombas in little hats. And I think that it's really cute Ooh. when that happens. That's a good point. They assume with that the little hats, the PPE for those jobs will mm. be included as well. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure, you know, we'll have to see what the counter offer from the employers is, but the uniforms would be included in the PPE for that job as a standard. So I am super happy with all of these presentations. Thank you for bringing them here today to the DT exclamation point HQ legal offices. But I do have some bad news for you guys. Your employers have come back to the table and they've said no deal. We're still checking with the National Labor Relations Board to determine if your employers are even bargaining in good faith, but we're having a huge problem. Your employer has brought in a bunch of strike-breaking scabs. Who are the scabs crossing your picket line to undermine your worth? That is our super secret bonus question, and I will take your answers to that question right after this. Hello, adventurers. Do you enjoy stories about monsters and magic? Welcome to Autumn Falls, a cozy small town in the Pacific Northwest. There's mysteries to uncover, but first, let's check in with our heroes. He's creeping about like he probably shouldn't be. I'm Hugo Rashad. Fighting monsters isn't the safest thing. Bright pink, over-caffeinated, it's me, Bethany Miller. When you said disaster queer, every single person looked away. Can I get verbal confirmation that none of you will say anything about what you saw today? Agent Lonnie Whitaker, reporting in from the Eastie Agency. Lucky for you all, Lonnie is very cool. It's really weird and bizarre and a whole lot of feeling stuff that I did not want to get into, so I kind of booked it out of there. I'm Raven Eugenia. Every coherent thought has just left my brain. I just wanted to be friends because that's what everyone else was doing. My name is Damien Edgecrest. I want to be like these people, you know? Clearly talking to the tree is not a normal thing that people can do. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. Surprisingly, I'm useful. If I'm being perfectly honest, I don't want people knowing what I am. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Well, that was not the magic I expected to be practicing. If you'd like to join our heroes as we play Monster of the Week, then check out The Storyteller Squad, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's have an adventure. All right, welcome back. I've sent you out from the table to the streets and windows to see who the strike-breaking scabs walking across your respective picket lines are. Please report back to me, Todd, who is crossing the picket lines of the hunters? So we're looking at this scene, right? And it's just a bunch of like hunters and let golos and they're like normal wormy features. And, and I suppose there's probably picket signs that say things like worms together strong and like <laughs> uh, a picket sign that says swarm jobs equal warm homes kind of thing. And so good. Which that is was like a good really one. Good. That's really um, good. And so but before you know it, you see like the, the manager of, of the, space war plant walk out and it's an elite <laughs> and he's wearing like a patagonia vest and like designer jeans with a collared shirt tucked into it and he says 
we don't even need you anymore. We have, we, he sounds like strong bad. We don't even need you anymore. <laughs> we have new replacements. And here you see like half a dozen like shapes in the, the, the hunter armor kind of like shuffle towards the, the war factory. And as they get closer, you see one of them tip over and out spills three toddlers in a trench coat. That's right. That's how they're going to replace uh, for a company that certainly doesn't care about union rights. They're not going to care about child labor laws. So toddlers in trench coats, that's that's how they're going to fill up these these armor clad war machines in the meantime. Are they real life toddlers in real life? Trench real life coats toddlers. Or are they like Spartan to- toddlers or just like regular? Just, just, just regular, regular toddlers. Whatever is the funniest answer for this bit. Toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bungie is going to use this to spin off their next game, mm. Halo Babies. Halo Babies. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Halo Babies yeah. is really terrible. In my mind, it's that picture of Ted Cruz where he definitely looks like three toddlers in a trench coat, <laughs> but he's carrying like an energy sword and they're like, ah, yes, industry. <laughs> wow. All right, Andrew, talk to me about the the scale. I've realized in asking this question that mm-hmm. you are both asking for unionization and are already on strike. Things work differently in the video right. game world. That's yeah, not important. Time is timey-wimey. It's okay. Yeah. So who's crossing the picket lines in Azeroth? Well, Matt, much like Thrall extended his green orcish hand ag- across party lines to the undead horde, we also extended our arms to the the undead horde, and we knew what we were getting into you know, their track record is not great with the whole, you know, taking over the world thing with the Burning Legion, right? But we did it anyway. Uh, we felt like the Acolytes really needed the representation. Come to find out, those dang undead Acolytes, they, uh, you know, every time the Dreadlords say jump, they say, my life for Nazul. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wow. I don't know who this is for, but somebody out there loves this. Oh, it's for someone. (laughs) It's definitely for somebody. It might just be for for Todd. (laughs) Yeah, it could just be for Todd. a good bit for me. (laughs) But if it's for you, please let us know. Kyle, (laughs) let's run it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who's crossing the picket lines in Mushroom Kingdom? Yeah, Matt. So early on in the strike, the Goombas of the FCW were invigorated to learn that the Toads would support their cause and not cross the picket line. That was a great victory, an early victory for the FCW. However, we are disheartened to learn that the princess and court of the princess are not coming to the table and have hired the dinosaurs of Yosh Corp to uh, (laughs) cross the picket line and do the the work that the Goombas would like to do to benefit the kingdom. That is the the Yoshis of Yosh Corp are now serving as the defense for the kingdom. They are doing waste removal. However, no one is taking care of the egg removal that the waste removal now necessitates. And with Yosh Corp, there seem to be two private contractors in red and green uniform doing some of the plumbing work that the kingdom requires as well that the Goombas were hoping to participate in. Boshi would 100% cross a picket line. Oh, Boshi, yeah. Boshi's a scab. <laughs> yeah. What a gigantic journey this podcast has been on in six seasons that we came from Butthwomp Nation to <laughs> Yoshi's are <or> anti-union. 
<laughs> well, not all Yoshis. They they kind of they kind of specifically the Yosh Corp Yoshis. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. ones. If if Yosh, Yosh Corp I don't is know, from guys. Yoster's Isle, then it's hard to know. Yeah. Until until this strike ends, we have to assume a yab. All Yoshis are <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> wow, that's good. Oh, that's, that's good. very good. Jesus. Okay, um, I love these answers. Thank you for this information. Like I said, in this world where you can both strike and have a union election, <laughs> I have decisions to make. So why don't you guys give me just a, a closing statement? This will be the final case you get to state for your groups. Consideration of unionization. Todd, we'll start with you. Speaking directly to you here, Matt, you've seen a bug's life. I have. You've seen the portion where Flick, the ant, turns and stampedes over the grasshoppers all together, all as one, because the grasshoppers know that there are way more ants than there are of them. And I'm here to tell you the hunters are primed to stampede all over the elites. All they need is your backing. And if you're wondering if this is meant to be, the actual like Latin naming of Letgolos is Ophis Congregatio, which translates to, this is from Halo Wiki, uh, translates to a union of serpents. They are what? primed, Matt. They are ready. They just need someone to push the button to say, we're going to give them what they want, and you can be that person. Wow, that is some deep Halo lore that I don't know if I can actually care about, but I appreciate you finding it. Andrew, give me a closing statement. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a group of not just one group of workers, but several groups of workers among several different civilizations, both alive and, and undead, who have been taken advantage of to an unbelievable degree. These worker units work all day, all night, all day, all night, and then all day again, literally until they die. Literally until their homes are exploded by a dragon <laughs> and some 12-year-old from South Korea annihilates you over your, uh, your ailing Wi-Fi or shitty cable internet these guys get zero pay zero sleep zero anything other than mining gold and cutting trees for their entire lives they deserve representation matt i think that's a valid argument it sounds like they do kyle tell me your closing statement uh thank you matt I am actually going to let goombas uh, make my closing <laughs> statement for me i'm gonna <laughs> pass the mic off to him <laughs> Thank you, Goombas. Um, allow me to translate, please. Goombas said, We Goombas wish to end the war between the Mushroom and Koopa kingdoms and no longer be participants of that war. Uh, we just want a home for our people in our motherland. Thank you. Thank you, wow. Kyle, and, and thank you, Goombas, for coming out Brave. here today. <laughs> Truly uh, an act of, of vulnerability from somebody in such a leadership position. I appreciate it. Guys, I have decisions to make with the DT exclamation point HQ legal offices as well. 
as the National Labor Relations Board. So we're going to take this behind closed doors and make some decisions here. While we're gone, why don't you pump each other up a little bit? Give some good vibes. Sure. Andrew, I don't think we've talked about Warcraft since <laughs> Io was on the show, which was like years ago. A while ago. Anytime we talk about Warcraft, it's such an untapped well that I feel mm-hmm. like none of us got really into, but like different aspects of us dipped in at different times. Whether We've all gleaned different facets of the Warcraft yeah. gem. Right. Whether So for me, like I did play Warcraft 3, and so all yeah. the references that you gave were like <laughs> spot on. You had me at... Job's done. Like that was, <laughs> that was like that that itched a part of my brain um, that I remember from my friend's dial-up computer uh, mm-hmm. in like fifth grade. So that's that's really something. Love all that, Kyle. You did a thing that I love. You did a thing where where you took like the Mushroom Kingdom is something that we've all like grew up with, and exposing dark, crunchy sides <laughs> of the Mushroom Kingdom is just something special that our generation gets to think about because we have had the full run of like growing up as kids playing the original Mario and then becoming desensitized post 9-11 adults. So like <laughs> when you did what you did today, it reminded me of, I think I said that Toad was a was a murderer in another episode we did. Um, like he wore someone's skin. I don't know. That feels like something we did at one point. And it sounds what like you something was, you would have said, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, it sounds like something I, I said. I also drew a lot from the King Bob episode whenever whenever right. that happened. Same same energy and I I love this. I love like that Mushroom Kingdom exists behind just like the 2D side scrolling that there's like currency and class war. You like being confronted with the socio-political nature of Mushroom Kingdom. I do like being confronted with the socio-political <laughs> nature of the Mushroom Kingdom, Kyle, and thank you for doing that today. Todd, uh, <laughs> man, the Halo lore. The Halo lore is so good and so stupid, and it was a really great pick to pick to to look at the the dumb earthworms in Megazord <laughs> armor and <laughs> say a union of, of sentient earth, earthworm gyms is a workers' rebellion. Excellent work, as per usual, with the Halo stuff. Kyle... This is not the first time that you've explored <laughs> the po- political climate of the Mushroom Kingdom, but I think it may be the best. And <laughs> I cannot help but go down the line of Princess Peach and the Toads being colonizers of the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> it's right so there. good. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you. Yeah, Todd, I'll echo Andrew here. Um, I don't know much about the Halo lore. It is a good deep well to keep drawing from. I do love the hive mind worm Voltrons as a organized uh, labor union very much. That's a very good dot to connect. So good job. One, I think only a dot only you could have connected on this show because Andrew and I don't have the Halo lore knowledge that you do. And Andrew, the Warcraft 3 pull the unification of the working working class of each faction (laughs) up against their elite overlords is also very good. And like Todd from an entirely different game, I loved the works done reference (laughs) because that also plays when you spend all your mana in Hearthstone. (laughs) Good. Uh, Excellent guys. Just a quick good vibe from me. This was a ball. 
I <laughs> didn't know what would happen when I said, let's make video game unions, and I'm glad that this is what happened. Speaking of glad, I have some great news on this pro union podcast. The workers always win. So you have all <laughs> unionized today. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Hell yeah. I will say, if I am to pick a winner, it's going to be Todd. And it's because Todd had the best acronym. I <laughs> really, fair. really like That's FCW. Fair I enough. really, really like the Bargaining Crusade. But Todd, Swarm was really good. Swarm and I need good. you to give it to me one more time so that I can be angry at how good it is. Yeah, we're we're very excited that that you know beginning this fiscal year that we will be embracing the slimy workers amalgamating <laughs> to reclaim management. Really, just a whole. I worked backwards with swarm and the word amalgamating, and I was like, "How does it all else go together?" <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, you built it from the center up. It was like a uh, it was like a a big tent for a graduation party. Put the big pole in the middle of it first. Everything else comes together. Sure. And with that. I'll say thanks for listening in to debate this. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at debate this cast or on our website at debate Speaking of our website, there's merch there. We have it and you can buy it right now. You can get on the internet and order things that say debate this on them. All you need to do is head to our Redbubble page and give us your money. But our Redbubble page does not have a cool and easy URL for us to read. And so you can just go to our website, www.debatethiscast.com. Click on the support the show page and you can get to Redbubble from there. You do need to do a little more than just go to Redbubble and give us money. You need to like pick what merch you want and what you, you want. You need to wanted. participate in e-commerce. Yes. You need to participate <laughs> yeah, in e-commerce Ooh, a little my favorite. bit. There are a few more <laughs> steps, but it's almost that easy. It is almost going. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's a valid point. There is you got to put in a little effort on on the user end. We'll see if if somebody has the time to come up with pro union merch with these unions on them because I think that'd be very funny. Ooh. But I don't want to commit to anything on the podcast. So until next time, I'm Matt Cole. I'm Todd. We play Megalekalos all the time. What's that? It's a game where we crawl around in the night like worms. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> I'm Andrew. Going to our Redbubble page and then seeing that you have to participate in e-commerce will have you saying, More work, Henderson. <laughs> and I'm Kyle. I like it when you call me Goompapa Harper. <laughs> and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. Mm-hmm.